I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. If you're a new listener or you're a long-term listener, thank you so much. It's a real privilege to be able to bring you these conversations and share this creative, inspiring learning, but more importantly, this understanding of how education fits in everyone's life. And hopefully we can bring you some tips, some ideas, some organisations that just maybe you haven't come across before that you can implement in your school or in your classroom. Now today we're going to be talking about maths and I'm delighted to be chatting to Alex Carl and she is the Global Marketing Director for Manga High and this is an organisation which provides online maths games to students to help foster a love of the subject and personalised education. Now Manga High is trusted by over 5,000 schools globally and is also a trusted resource for hundreds of thousands of teachers. So these resources can be used in the classroom, they can be used for setting homework or revision and much more. And you can even use your teacher platform to connect to a whiteboard where you can play activities with the whole class and explore ideas together. And it's this hand-in-hand idea of of businesses, organisations and different people that want to be supporting education all coming together to give basically what is going to be the most supportive thing for every child. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Alex Cole talking about Manga High. Hi Alex, thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. One of the things which is important to me and I know to many of our listeners is this way of sort of learning in this sort of global environment and a community environment now. And I think with different companies and organisations providing things which can support teachers and parents and, and sort of us all sort of supporting children around, that has to be a positive thing. So I'm excited to see exactly how what you're doing it um, at Manga High is really going to be supportive but also how that sort of works sort of hand in hand so yeah thanks so much for being here yeah hi mark thanks for having me so let's dive in first of all in terms of what's your role within the organization and exactly what it's kind of its main focus is yeah absolutely so uh i'm the head of marketing at manga high uh manga high is a game-based learning platform for students aged 5 to 16. So we are mainly a classroom tool. We can be used with parents, but we're mainly kind of focusing on supporting teachers. Um, And it's really giving them a a digital tool to help supplement their kind of classrooms or revision or homework uh, to really kind of get kids engaged and and back to loving maths. And so I guess in order for it to be supplemental, it has to be related to the national curriculum or, or the areas that it comes in has to fit around that. So how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So we are we actually are an international company, but obviously we do we work in the UK. Um, so all of our content, we've got over a thousand activities and games. Uh, they're aligned to various curricula around the world. So, you know, for, for England, it's national England and Wales curriculum. So, yeah, all the content that's created is it's make sure we kind of meet in the learning objectives of the schools that we work with. And 
how do you sort of find that teachers think of it? You sort of say that sort of supplementary, that sort of game-based idea, which we know children really respond to very positively. How does that sort of fit in relation to the classroom, as in we're now going to do X from this tutor book or X from this particular topic that we're looking at? How, how does that sort of supplement or, or extra support work in practical terms? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. You know, I think when teachers kind of learn about Manga High and, and game-based learning specifically, uh, it's more, you know, they think Friday afternoon, we just need some fun activities for the kids. Uh, and when they start actually exploring kind of ed tech resources that have a lot of high quality content in games, you know, where uh, for us, we actually embed the maths kind of into the actual game mechanics. So it actually makes it quite a, a valuable learning experience for the children. So they then start to realize that the, the benefits of gaming and, and that especially that high level of engagement for kids is something that is really beneficial when actually applied into a classroom. And, you know, I think any of us that have children know that, you know, the, the whole mindset about what it is that you're doing changes when it's a game situation. You know, that that ability to to be persistent, to be resilient, to try and try again, to, to want to better yourself without any kind of effort at all is just amazing, isn't it? In that different mindset, as opposed to I'm now just in a maths class or I'm in an English class or whatever it is that you're studying. Yeah, I think with, with maths, especially, you know, with the fact that answers can be absolute, you know, you're right or wrong, it can really induce a lot of anxiety in students. And, and a lot of kids develop that mindset of, I can't do maths by eight years old, which is just really, you know, it's really sad to hear. And it does obviously limit them in the future. So when you kind of uh, implement these, the gamification side, you do start to, like you say, build that resilience and that kind of growth mindset in children where, you know, they want to achieve more. We kind of make sure, again, with the, the activities we have, uh, we have bronze, silver and gold medals. So an actual understanding of that question and topic will earn them a bronze medal, but they'll always be encouraged to go for gold. Oh, great. So so tell us a little bit about, then, like, say, that sort of setup of the activities and how that sort of would look from sort of the user perspective. Yeah, so we, we like I said, we're mainly known for our games uh, and they are varying that, you know, like we've said, they kind of cover the whole curriculum um, and they're, they're made by some of the kind of best game designers. So for, for kids actually looking at it, it just looks like a really fun game for them to play. Um, with all the questions within those games, though, they're actually they're varying in terms of their adaptivity and difficulty for the students playing it. So all the kids in a class may be able to compete together, uh, but they'll actually be presented with different questions which have been set based on their abilities. So there's that intelligence and the AI uh, engine we have underneath our questions that will understand how much that kid is actually understanding the topic being questioned. So, you know, the kids will just think they're competing against each other on a progress level, which is great for them to see and really motivating, but it's actually helping to bridge their understanding of that topic. Yeah, no, that really makes sense. And and so the sort of the setting of those levels, and like you say, the AI is sort of understanding how that works. How does it look from the teacher's perspective in terms of how they're setting it up? And obviously, like I say, the age range or, or, or the ability of any given um, child or class? Yeah, so there is a reporting f uh, functionality on Manga High, which shows them, you know, again, that that medal system that I referenced earlier, but it, it helps them to identify the gaps in their students' understanding. Uh, and, you know, we like I've said, we have this AI engine, which does recommend topics based on those gaps. So it can really help teachers to provide unique learning pathways for students, rather than all just giving them the same questions and hoping they can kind of keep up. And I think it's something that's quite important. You know, the last couple of years, a lot of students have really struggled uh, from learning from home and teachers have done the best job that they can. But it's quite apparent, you know, there is this 
divide in in students and their abilities. So it is important that you know you'd be able to provide that personalised learning on the level, which is why you know a lot of ed tech resources have have up their game to support teachers and facilitating that. Yeah, absolutely. And and is it something which is done? You said it's all sort of school based, as it were. Is it often done just in school, or is it um, do children have access to it outside of school? Which, like you say, I would imagine with that game based idea, they're more likely to do it at home in that sort of different mindset that it's not homework, it's just something they want to be involved in outside of those sort of normal school hours. Yeah, I think it can. We are used a lot as a homework tool as well. You know, teachers like to assign uh, manga activities for home. And equally, as you're saying, students, you know, we have a free play area for them as well. Uh, they will regularly go around and find their own activities and games to play, which may not have been set by teachers, but they will have access. Uh, it's also available on mobile phones or tablets or laptops. So, again, we've kind of made the platform accessible for as many students as possible. Yeah, and I think I think that just sort of concept, really, that learning is just about learning as opposed to going to school is, is as I think, a, a really important one. And I think... Sometimes children immediately understand that, but I think sometimes just being aware that actually I have access to learning and all these types of resources at my fingertips in the same way as, you know, I want to look, look something up, I'm just going to go onto my phone or whichever device I've got to hand. Yeah. Um, I think that suddenly kind of breaks that pattern of kind of learnings at school and everything else is outside of school and that sort of separation. I think understanding that we know as adults, you know, learning's for life and it doesn't stop at the end of the school day, let alone when you sort of leave school. And I, and I think the more that becomes embedded in the way that we learn generally, that has to be a positive thing for education and learning sort of for the future. Yeah, the, like you're saying, the approach to learning, is it's fundamental. And yeah, we know it as, as adults, we can say it now in hindsight, but a lot of us would have, you know, back in the student days, you'd, you'd look at school time and go, oh, this is not, you know, something I want to be doing. But when you kind of, you know, blur the lines between home and school, and especially in like a fun and engaging way, then yeah, it should hopefully kind of improve their mindset when it does come to education. So you you mentioned that it's an international company. Um, tell us where it sort of started and, and how that sort of international look comes across throughout the company is it just a question of kind of developing in the languages is it, is it a question of of realizing that maths is the same no matter where you're learning it just give us a sort of an insight in, into sort of the, the ideas of how the company pitches all of that yeah so I think Mango has been around it's 13 or 14 years now um, and based in the UK you know it was kind of founded in London but I think as they uh, the original founders were were looking maths is in one sense a universal language you know we all need to learn it and it's a number based you know it's not necessarily a language so uh, it was something that at the original kind of conception of the company they thought this would be easy to implement internationally when you start going into it country by country, I think you then realise it's probably not as uh, easy as you would once think. But equally, it's a good opportunity to kind of learn about how the education systems do work in other countries. And I think, you know, where we are now, it's actually really great to see how that learning does differ from region to region that we work in. Um, and I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's not just about uh, language or anything in that respect it's you know it comes down to even the curriculums that they're working with and what you know the students are actually being taught very so differently and, and you know as a company it's a, a good challenge for us to kind of keep up with like I said we're, we're aligned to over 40 uh, curricula around the world so every 
new piece of content we make, we have to see, you know, is that applicable for that country? Where does it sit? What age do they teach that at? So it's it's a varying topic, probably not what was uh, thought when they first thought of Manga High, but it's definitely something we enjoy doing now. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You hear quite a lot of those sort of conversations about things which sort of start based on the interest and the passion of, of the founder or the, or the original development. And then there's this whole, oh, I'm now running a company and it has to fit in certain ways, which like you say, may not have been within your original ideas or remit or even how you do it. And then and then it's just a question of bringing in, I guess, the right sort of team. And I know that, you know, as a, as a company, you've got a large team, which are obviously supporting in so many ways. Yeah, we do. And uh, I think the original founders, uh, one was actually um, the guy who invented Candy Crush as a game. So he really brought in his design and game expertise and thought, I really want to apply this to maths. You know, we work with uh, an amazing uh, lecturer from Oxford University as well, who is a specialist in maths. So combining those two, like you said, they had this amazing holistic product they thought they could uh, implement internationally. Um, but it's, you know, it's a great learning curve for us and that resilience. And yeah, hopefully the, the product does reflect that. And I think, you know, even in the beginning days, when they first started working in Brazil, it's one of our biggest kind of regions that we work with. Uh, originally, you know, students over there didn't have access to the internet and technology as much as other regions that we do work in. So that's why we decided to make the whole platform mobile friendly, because a lot of students would have mobile phones, but not necessarily laptops in schools. So it was making sure it was accessible for everyone as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And just on, on that kind of slightly sort of business careers front, um, I'm, I'm always interested in these particular types of companies because and, and because my daughter's going to be doing work experience this year. Um, and one of the things that the schools keep talking about is, is, is the range of opportunities that are in any given organisation that you may not think about. And I think this type of company is really interesting. So just give us that sort of idea of a range of, of the types of things, obviously, from the marketing side to the tech sides and sort of everything in between. Yeah, exactly like you're saying, there is everything in between as well. And we, we do get a lot of uh, kind of uh, interns and apprenticeships that work within Manga High. Um, you know, it is such a varied company and the amount of skills that you need to make this product is, is unbelievable. Like I say, you know, you can go with the obvious business side of marketing and sales, but what actually kind of makes that product work the development side the technical side you know we've got an amazing uh, development team based uh, here in the uk uh, but that's also backed again by a lot of uh, education experts a lot of ex-teachers um, a lot of content specialists who make sure you know that the content that we are creating is actually of high quality and suitable for schools you know the last thing you want to be doing is just throwing in some questions that doesn't necessarily provide any value to teachers or students so uh, yeah, there is a lot of both kind of the commercial side, but also the educational side when when working for kind of any ed tech company, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm interested also, because you've got such a range in terms of the ages that you support there, do you, do you find it's um, schools that sort of buy in across the board and then use it throughout their sort of school um, year span, as it were? Um, or, or is it a little bit more a couple of teachers come and maybe just do key stage one or key stage two how, how do you sort of find that within your data yeah it really it varies country to country so we have a lot of uh it kind of depends you know who makes those decisions for the maths department let's say um like you're saying kind of with primary schools they won't necessarily have a maths department the teachers just kind of you know teach all the subjects to those students so in that sense in the uk it would be you know for the classes, they would be actually just using Manga High for two or three age ranges. But then it does tend to find that it's then recommended to the secondary school that's 
that is close to that primary school. Uh, equally, again, looking at other regions, Australia, it's a lot more of a, the whole school will use it, like you're saying, ranging from five to 16. Um, so it does it does vary depending what country we're, we're working with. Yeah, and I, and I think that really does paint the picture, like you say, about the, the adaptability you need to have. You know, like, you know, it's different when you think you're creating a product for an entire school range as opposed to someone who's just going to, like, say, a certain age group, which is then just going to dip in and out or a, across two or three schools, depending on, on, on the range of the schools, whether you're sort of doing primary, middle and senior, depending on, on, on what, what you're in. And I think that that must be an incredible challenge, but also by the same time exciting because that just sort of throws up many questions which I would imagine is the sort of thing that the team sort of thrive on. Yeah, it is. And, and it's something, it's a huge thing of what I actually love about, about working with Manga High is, is listening to teachers who have, like you said, that kind of on the front line insight for us to learn from them about exactly, you know, what they need to help deliver a valuable lesson. And like I've said, that comes in from, from all around the world in, in various shapes and sizes and times of the day. So it is, it's a great part of, of the job. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of, um, we talk about school hours, but of course, as soon as you become global and you get involved in time zones, let alone school days, that that literally becomes 24-7, depending on, on where you are and, yeah, and, and yeah. how that works. Definitely. We have some some sleepy support people who, you know, are there to look after Australia whilst they're based in London and vice versa. So it is, uh, yeah. it's nonstop for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and how much sort of direct interaction do, do you have with teachers? Is it a question of generally once you sort of set up an account it can be fairly sort of autonomous or the, the autonomy of it kind of kind of keeps going or, or do, you, do you sort of have that sort of sort of um, direct conversation other than I guess when there might be a technical issue yeah it's it's entirely up to the teacher really on that level of support they want absolutely you know they can they can go on to manga high and and go browse the the content there and just see what they want to do to to assign to their students. But equally, if they do want a you know a real understanding of how to adopt a blended learning approach in their classroom, we have that that support team I mentioned on hand to to give them all the relevant training they may need to to kind of use Manga High in in whatever format they would like it to be. Um, so yeah, yeah. So let's just wind it slightly into into your educational experience as well. We, you know, we're talking about the influence not only that teachers have had, but you know, like I say, the developers and the and the imagination of people that sort of set up Manga High. Is there a, an experience or a teacher that you remember that um, kind of gives you that sense of oh yeah, that was that was a, a really important moment, and and what was that? Um, yeah, good question. So I think, you know, just thinking back over my kind of, I was I'd very fortunate, I had a, a brilliant education. Um, and I think that there are a couple of teachers in, in my time where I, I look back and go, I would not have done as well as I had, had it not been for how good they were as, as teachers themselves. And I think it was when I was choosing uh, my A-levels and, um, you know, you're kind of being given advice left, right and centre on what to do. And uh, I'm, I'm the youngest of three and my brother and sister had both done politics and they said, it's brilliant. You should do this. Um, and it was just nothing that interested me. I could not care less for politics at that age. Um, but, you know, they they really pushed it and they said the teachers were brilliant. So I ended up signing up for politics thinking this is not going to go well. And I was completely proven the opposite. These the teachers. Mr. and Mrs. Bates were superb and, you know, it gave me such a passion for politics now that I, I, I love it, which is just something I never would have thought would have happened. And like you said, it is really what those teachers do for you that makes a difference. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's the that's the kind of the path that 
life sort of presents to you isn't it you don't know why it happens or like you say the opportunity comes and you you even if you feel like you're sort of directed there without your sort of inner knowledge sometimes it just opens a door or gives you that relationship with somebody that just changes your whole perspective and I think embracing that sometimes is is a bit of a leap of faith but like you say it can take you into a whole world that's very supportive yeah absolutely um is there a piece of advice that you've been given that you'd like to share or maybe it might be a piece of advice you give your younger self mm. sort of looking back now that you think was oh, if I if I just known that it might have made my life a little bit different um yeah I think the, the main thing and it and it's definitely something that's actually been cemented in in my role here at Manga High is that failure isn't a bad thing and you know you you kind of think and it kind of links back to what I was saying about maths and that that absolute form and yes and no and if it's right or wrong but wrong doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of the line you know it is that that growth mindset going well what can I learn from this opportunity and you can absolutely you know feel that kind of disappointment of it may not going the way you wanted it to go but it, it just puts you onto a new path and that and that is as, just as exciting you know and I think it's definitely building that resilience that realizing failure isn't necessarily a bad thing. It is and I think that's why this idea of of blended learning not just sort of online and offline but you know having things like Manga High where you're talking about gamification where you're talking about it not always looking the same way you know I know there are some children who don't like to ask questions because they don't want to be wrong or whatever but just having this sort of range of tools and range of educational learning experiences that kind of bring this up as a kind of oh no that's just part and parcel of it I can take that on board it's something that I'm used to in other parts of my life I think that has to be a good thing because like you say you know failure or getting something wrong it's just a learning experience you know and I think when your mindset is in that then it becomes an incredibly positive thing so however that sort of experience I think is given to children it has to be a really sort of win-win situation. Yeah definitely there's a, there's an element of positivity I think that, that sometimes we forget and it's important to, to focus on that message. Yeah now we all have something in our lives which have a um give us a, a positive impact or, or give us something which we just think yeah that that, that was a, a resource which has really helped us and, and this could be a song a video a, a book a podcast anything but just something which you just think yeah that that, that really has been impactful in, in in a way that I probably wouldn't have realized had I not come across it um yeah for, so for me at the moment the the thing I'm listening to it's a podcast and it's uh, called the the diary of a CEO and it's by uh, Stephen Bartlett who I think is actually now he's one of the the new dragons on on Dragon's Den uh and I, I saw him the other day on TV and I, and I was like that that voice sounds familiar it's because of this podcast <laughs> um and the reason I like it is he talks to albeit you know it is quite a, a commercial kind of conversation being a CEO um, but he talks to such a range of guests on his podcast, which uh, gives such an insight into, you know, a lot of kind of people you wouldn't necessarily talk to. Uh, you know, he spoke to Jimmy Carr recently on his podcast, but it was actually talking about uh, mental health and, and his wellness in that sense, which isn't necessarily a conversation, you know, you would kind of get from Jimmy Carr if you watched him on one of his Netflix shows. So um, it's definitely something that I find it gives me a, a great insight into into how other people kind of approach everyday life and I find it quite a motivational thing to listen to. 
I love that. Well, obviously, as a podcast myself, it, it very much is often the opportunity to have those personal conversations or, or to, to, to like say, to have a different focus than you would see on a, a traditional TV show or even a radio show where they're sort of nipping in and out and publicizing a book or, or whatever it happens to be. Um, and, and I think Jimmy Carr is a really interesting example because I've heard him on two or three different podcasts and they've all been very different. And he's been very giving, I think, in terms of his authenticity and his honesty and my understanding of who he is just changed dramatically and and I, and, it, and I just found it absolutely fascinating and I, and I just think there's something about the medium of podcasts which I think just opens up that environment which I don't think has quite had either the space or the breadth or or the ability for people to feel quite so um, enabled to share their stories in, in the same kind of way. Yeah it is it's like you said it's it's a channel that I hadn't necessarily even thought of of being interested in myself and then you know I was kind of looking for something to to entertain me at the gym you know I was thinking how boring the treadmill was so I just kind of chose some podcasts to start listening to and yeah they they are a really insightful way to really you know get people opening up and talking more about their personal experiences um so let's just take a sort of an extra sort of look into that from your own point your own point of view you know you sort of you're here now um doing all this marketing how, how did your journey sort of, of get you there is it a succession of those same sorts of jobs and you said you're obviously interested in politics as well how, how's that sort of uh that sort of path taking you to where you are now yeah i think I th i've always been in marketing um but it's been varied in terms of uh, what industries and i've worked in a lot uh but always been technology based and i found that you know i kind of fell into that accidentally being into technology but once in it realized that the kind of opportunities that technology can help facilitate so many people and empower them in so many ways. It's just been something that I've loved to be a part of. So, you know, I kind of started in pharmaceuticals and then went to construction, uh, financial services. And now, you know, going back into education has just been one of the, the best kind of decisions in terms of where technology, I think, can really have an impact. So that's where my, my role has been. Yeah, um, I, I think that's so true, and I, and I think, you know, as we sort of alluded to already, you know, the idea of the traditional classroom is is very much a, a last century or, or previous century kind of format. And I think while many people would like to have a magic wand and, and change the whole way that it works, that's not going to happen in the immediate future. And I think this idea of lots of different clever people and organizations that have so much to offer everyone involved in learning coming together and being able to just change it a little bit by little bit and I think within like I said sort of technology is just doing that in a way that would never have happened just because that we weren't in that position before and I think that sort of natural evolution is something which is um it's an exciting thing to to be involved in and and and, and I guess that path like you say you can see it evolving in terms of what you're able to develop as a company but I guess the same must apply for lots of different companies that you're aware of not just in within the maths field but but further afield as well yeah I think you know my, my career in the, the the decades of technology has shown you know that a lot of industries are a bit kind of hesitant on how technology can help to enable them. Um, and it's it like you said, it's an exciting journey to be a part of kind of wherever you do sit. And especially with education, you know, again, looking back on the last two years, it does feel like everyone was almost forced into it, whether they wanted it to or not. And luckily, you know, touch wood, we're coming out of the other side of it. I think people have, have seen, OK, 
you know, this this technology can actually really help me. It doesn't necessarily have to be like you're saying a huge, it's not going to change things overnight, but equally it is really going to help me in the areas that I would need that help in. So it is an exciting journey to be a part of. Yeah. So one of the things which is important here at Education on Fire is this principle of fire mm-hmm. um, and, and using this idea of feedback, inspiration, resilience and empowerment. Um, and so I'm always interested to know, th- those four words obviously have different connotations and different thoughts for, for different people. But is there something within the fire aspect that, that really sort of strikes you or something that jumps out that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, I think for me, I automatically would go to that resilience and, you know, it kind of, I kind of approached on it earlier in terms of that, the growth mindset and, you know, looking at failures as that opportunity for growth. You know, I think resilience is something, it's such an important thing for, for everyone in their everyday jobs, because, you know, at the end of the day, we can't control the, the cards we're dealt, but we can control how we play them. I think that's such an important kind of value to bear in mind because, the last two years, you know, have been tough on a lot of people. And, you know, it's it's important to try and pick that up in any way you can. So I do think resilience is definitely something important. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the things that always strikes um one of the things that always strikes me is the fact that you often don't know you're being resilient until you sort of see it in perspective and all that sort of looking back in terms of what's actually happened. You know, if someone had told you just before the pandemic hit, this is what your life is going to be looking like for the next few weeks or months or like say or years coming up to two years now. Um you think I'm never going to be able to do that we're never going to be able to do it but you do it because each day each week each month you do what you need to do and then like you say fingers crossed you know we are starting to come out of it now and people are starting to plan a, a more traditional life as it were mm-hmm. or planning that things can return to some some version uh, as we knew from before um and then you sort of think oh wow that you know we managed to do that and we did much of it successfully and like I say we've learned a lot from it and we can adapt and actually maybe do things slightly differently which is going to be supportive and and that I think that's such an an enlightening and also um, I think supportive thing to know that no matter what turns up or whatever your situation is because we all have things that we have to deal with we can get through it and we can be stronger for it. Yeah definitely and I think it's important like you're saying to celebrate those small wins because you could easily just kind of dismiss the last two years and go they were crazy I I want to forget it I want to move forward but if you do actually look back and reflect you can realize yeah I overcame a lot and you know it's it's those small celebrations that make you a stronger person for the future yeah absolutely so tell us where we can find out more about manga high and um and how people can get involved in and, and get the resources that you have available yeah so uh mangahigh.com our, our website is obviously the the main portal for us and on there you can you can get a free trial to start um whether that is you know a parent looking to help support their kid at home or or a teacher um yeah so that's a, a 30-day free trial for anyone who's interested Fantastic. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your journey and, and sharing the story of Manga High. And um, like I said, this idea of blended and and I think an embraced way of learning, I think I'd like to think of that is, um, is, is something which is exciting. And thanks so much for sharing your part of it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com.
education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.